Hello boys and girls, welcome to Fireside episode 29, a weekly podcast where Dan and I chat about what we've been doing this week. No fuck-ups. Yay! Until then. <laughs> Shit, edit it out. Welcome back to Fight Now. Welcome back, what, from the start music? Yeah. Hey guys, this week's episode, we are going to talk about Sid Meier's Civilization 5. It was 5 you wanted to talk yep. about, wasn't it? Not yep. 4. Yep. Um, good start. Pandemic's the Cure <laughs> and Steampark. Um, just a reminder that we are part of the Podbros Network, P O D B R O S dot com. Loads of good podcasts there. And we are also. Sponsored, I suppose, by herebegames.com.au. Well, don't smile at me. I pay oh, no, for the no. beers. No, I pay fine. for the microphone. It's quite all right. I fixed the laptop. Yeah. <laughs> I paid for this empty box that, you know, I'm sitting the microphone on because yep. we're super professional. And speaking of paying for beers, this week's beer is all the way from Australia. <laughs> but with a Japanese name. But it is a Japanese... Uh, it is actually a Japanese beer called Kirin. Um... Now, tell us about Kieran, Dave. Well, actually, I'll put up my proper announcer's voice for this, and I've got a nice little blurb for this. <laughs> I need that, um, you know, that movie music, that... Dun, dun, dun. I don't know. Dun. When, you put, when you put the voice on, I think you just need a golden microphone like, like uh, John Laws had. I've only got this one, so cheers. Cheers. I'll have a sip in a second. In Japan, purity is one of the highest pursuits of... Why am I doing it in that accent? No fucking idea. <laughs> Purity is one of the highest pursuits of brewing. With Kirin, this reveals itself in the special method of Ichiban, a word meaning first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we both thought sloppy seconds. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Move on. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, no, it's going to get worse then. <laughs> Only the first liquid drawn from the finest barley malt mash is then combined with noble hops. This first press method, method ensures purity and smoothness. The result is a premium reserve beer. Kirin is the name of an ancient mythical beast, which foretells the coming of festive and joyous events. <laughs> that's damn near every. Well, it's true, that's no. damn near every SMS from you that says you want to have a beer that foretells <laughs> yep, festive and joyous <laughs> events. <laughs> I do need to send you a nice little picture of a chimera like that on the label, though. <laughs> Well, there you go. When Kirin appears, good fortune and good beer soon follows. Um, so this version is actually brewed in Australia under license. So while it is a Japanese recipe, the beer we're actually drinking is sort of an Australian beer. But I'm still going to chalk it up as Japanese because it's... It's as... owned by the Mitsubishi Group, mate, so that's Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I'm going to have a sip. Um, what are we talking about first? Civilization Five. Mm. You may begin on that while I... Jesus, begin on Civ... Begin on Civ 5, he says. Oh, um, this is nice. Yeah. Well, I was saying last... I was only saying last week that I, I prefer a nice crisp lager and Kieran fits that bill perfectly. Well, actually, to clarify, yeah, I did say that this week's beer you weren't going to like because it's very summery. I've actually put that off for next week because... Uh, Not yeah. fun. 
Good. Well, I figured oh, I should stagger to. them out, get a lager in between, you know, <laughs> keep the ones that we may or may not like as much. As the, you know. Got to balance it out. Scatter them. Scatter yeah. them. Yeah. All right. Sorry. So, Civ. Civ 5. Um, awesome. Oh, what can I say? Jesus. So I fired it up last weekend. I say more than that. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Gonna no, that's it. Job done. What's the next game? Um, <laughs> so I fired it up last, last weekend and... Uh, only because, yep, I think... Oh, now I have to apologise. I have to correct myself. Two episodes ago, when we were talking about our respective Steam libraries, and I made mention that Railroad Tycoon was on Mac. It is not on Mac. So... What an idiot. People would totally have flamed me by now, surely. Or not. Maybe yeah, they're not assumes, listening. That seems we've got um, listeners other than Adrian. Yeah. Hi, almost, Adrian. Or myself on the way to work. G'day, yeah. Um Stewie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, no, Railroad Token, not available on Mac. I thought it was. Definitely not. Civ 5, however, however, is. And I fired it up, and uh, six and a half hours later, <laughs> I stopped. Yeah, because I, I was seeing pictures of board games. Incredible. And, you know, yeah. It is incredibly good. And I think it just reminded me of back in the day, I just loved how much I loved turn based strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I think of, of the days playing Command and Conquer and games like that on PC. It took me back to those days straight away. Oh, really? But, so real-time strategy sort of memories. Well, yeah, but even just... just Well, yeah, real-time slash turn-based. I mean, mm. it, to me, it's just that top-down strategy. I just yeah. love that gameplay. Did you ever play Populous? I think I... That's where you're a god and you're controlling the land. I did, yes. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, I did, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. Populous yeah. was good. But look, I loved it. I really did. Um, uh, look, I don't think it needs much of an introduction. Those games have been around for a long time, and Civ itself has been around for a bloody long time. Um, so Civ Five is is sufficiently updated and modernised that that it feels like a new a new game that deserves to be on you know current platforms, but still familiar enough that you instinctively know what you're doing. Um, and uh, you know, along the way, you you're having a lot of fun. I, you know, at one point, I think it would have been about three or four hours in, and Lisa had come past and she said, "Are you still playing that same game?" And I, <laughs> shut up! I'm about to finish defeating um, Persia, I think it was, um, and and then I've got to move on to England because Alexander's asked me to overthrow Elizabeth. <laughs> it's one of those games though where it it's just like. It's so easy to lose time. In it. You said it perfectly when I, I texted you and said, fuck, I've just spent six and a half hours. And you go, oh, Civ 5, total time sick, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, well, it, it is. It totally is. Like, yeah. it, it's one of those games. Oh, I'm trying to remember this name. I played another game recently. It was a... Anyway, I can't remember but what look, it is. But um, look, I, I was worried that I wouldn't enjoy it because I'm just playing on a MacBook. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have any external peripherals. Not even a mouse. I'm just using touchpad. I thought, well, this will suck. Weird, eh? Yeah, totally. But the thing is... The way the guys at Steam have, have, have supported the existing sort of interfaces available, it's very easy to zoom in and out just using the, the finger swipes on the touchpad mm. like you would for anything else on a Mac. Um, so, you know, the two finger swipes, the equivalent equivalent of a scroll wheel mm. on a mouse. So literally swipe up and down and zoom in not, and out. Um, that's not necessarily Steam, is it? That's just... Well, true. It's probably scroll it's, up, scroll down, yeah, yeah. instruction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think it's just the fact that um, I don't know. It fits so seamlessly in that OS. You know, I didn't feel like it was a PC mm. game shoehorned on the Mac. Yeah. It flowed as if it was built for the platform from from the get go, um, and um, thoroughly enjoyable on my you know friggin' six year old Mac. <laughs> yeah, I was quite surprised. So mine's what five year old. Mine's yeah, yours, yours is twenty eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's one. Did I already talk about how I? Yeah. How you repaired it? Yep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> 
founded really yeah. but anyway yeah um and after you were talking about it i chucked it on again because i love civ yeah and remind me after this podcast i did say i, I know where my pc copy is yeah i'll give you the um when you buy the physical copy you get a massive map which shows the that's right yeah you mentioned trees. that yeah and that to me is what stands sets civilization apart from everything else it is the attention to detail yeah. and the granular level that you can go to but don't have to no so you just... can you can set your city's focus on being to develop military might or or production or gold or you can mm. just leave it as default settings you can just follow the standard tracks when it comes to social policy development in your in your uh, cities as you earn more whatever those whatever the points are that let you buy social yeah. policy um, or you can pick it yourself so there's there's a lot of well I can just use the defaults there and focus on, uh, you know, uh, culture, culture, <laughs> that culture, was gonna, that's culture, mate. culture, it's fucking culture, knife, yeah, knife. yeah, build um, a statue, mate, <laughs> you, build a fucking gives statue, gives you more fucking culture per turn, <laughs> sweet. Um, so you can fo- if you wanted to, you could just focus on on bloody consuming up more land, hmm. um, which is where I was to begin. That's why I ended up pissing off Persia. Because I just kept buying up free space and Darius came to me and said, what is this? You just keep buying free land. I'm going, ah, fuck you. I just went to go to cities. I just sacked the cities, looted them and, and made them part of my own. Now, in my game, I'm uh, Queen Elizabeth who had some uh, seafaring perks. I've never really ventured out onto the sea very much, but I'm... Well, where I'm, I'm at I'm now is I've defeated Persia. I helped Alexander of Greece defeat Elizabeth and overthrow England. Um, and I'm friends with the French, which is great because they have great naval capability. And right now, I don't want to piss them off. Yeah. Um, so Napoleon is a mate of mine, and it's all good. <laughs> uh, that's the other thing I love about it as well, though. They've, they've so they've taken bits of history, yeah, and they've put them in the game. Woven, yeah, but they've taken they're all equal. Yeah, there, there's no. I have to laugh though. Sorry, just to interrupt. Okay, for it. One of one of the steam achievements I earned though in the game um, is um, uh, I think it's just called seriously, um, and it's because it's it's because um, other players have beaten me to ten wonders. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> so ten other players have, have built wonders before I have, and so the achievement is seriously. It's like yeah. the hidden subtext is what the fuck are you doing if you're not building wonders? And yeah, I love why, why, why yeah, are you... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you know, overthrowing Persia. What else do you do? <laughs> but I mean, that that is the very essence yeah. of what makes it a great game. And interestingly, it's also what I find a bit daunting at first. Because when you first fire it up, there, I, I don't yeah. find that it eases you... The tutorial is great, but the second look, it pops the, the up, pop-ups the first time you do something and you click it, and then you're open to a big full screen of text yeah. and drill down. And unless you're prepared to do the reading or ignore it, it yeah. can be... Like for someone like me, who when I see something, I'm like, right, I want to understand how that works. On the side. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like the mobile phone game where it goes, right, slide this cherry down yeah. to join the other cherries. And when you get four, you'll get a Whatever. Know, fucking super yeah. cherry. Right. It, it doesn't do that level by level. Um, so I've got a few friends that I think would like the game. But what but again, it, what it does do is it pops up with those advisors at key times to say, yeah. you should think about this or you should do that. Or, you know, 
uh, culture points can be used to develop social policy, which, you know, so they give you plenty of pointers along the way that mm. help lead you down sort that of path. contextual. Of, yeah, so yeah. it is contextual because... <laughs> you look like you're writing a letter. Yeah. <laughs> would, you like it would you like me to help you? <laughs> oh, Clippy. Um, so uh, thoroughly enjoyable, and, and I can definitely see myself wasting many more Sundays on it. Have yeah. you played the board game? No, not at all. Neither have I. Good chat. Excellent. Great. <laughs> I'm, I'm always Is it in curious. stock in Heavy Games by any chance? Uh, no, it's actually out of stock with the supplier. I saw it right. the other day and I was thinking, yeah. Um, it's one of those games that I've thought a civilization building game hmm. with that level of detail. Well, not with that level of detail. With a similar attention to detail could as that tra- has. Could it transfer to a board game though? It could if they simplified it enough. Yeah, but yeah. If it had, So if they had the same attention to detail... I think it could. If they had the same level of detail, oh, forget how it. the fuck you would have an instruction book the size of... The white pages. It'd be yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it, it wouldn't translate directly, but you're right. You could take elements of it and make it work. So, thoroughly enjoyed it. Definitely going to play it more. You should buy the board game and bring it to my place and we can play it that way. I'll sure. It's good, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sweet. If I buying it and bring it to your place means you get it in stock, I buy it from you, you leave it at your place and then we play it, that could work. <laughs> no, no, sorry. You, no, that's you cool. No, get no, it in no, stock no, no. at your place. No, no, I you realise I record these I things, I come to right? your place, I take it back to my place, I'm then bring it to your place out, as dude. my game. Dude, I'm cutting this out. Oh, I'm cutting well, this out. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not buying and it. Fuck it. I'm not buying it. Fuck it. I wasn't offering that either. <laughs> Don't cut that that's out. That's not something here. That's Don't not something that here Games offers. What the fuck's um, next? <laughs> uh, Pandemic the Cure, which I actually so this weekend I introduced Kirsty to three. Uh, that's my wife. Uh, three new games for her. We we tend to play a lot of two player games um, or games that can be played with mm. two players, um, which is where like we previously discussed stuff like Town Squares and Elevenses, which. Um, just to backtrack for a second, I've now played with three and four players. Town Squares is brilliant with three and four players. Elevens is, is a lot better with three and four players. Right. Um, okay. Good. And yeah, yeah, much more fun. They they definitely. It's one of those games. Yeah, can be played with two. Shouldn't be played with two. Yeah. Um, Pandemic the Cure like sushi is go. not one of those. Hey? Sushi Go. You can play it with two, but it's nowhere near as much fun. Well, if you go on Sushi Go party, there's a dinner for two, which is. Yeah. A menu designed for fixed two players. And but the original drafting game doesn't work. Yeah, well, the, yeah. I like the fact that they... Well, that's last week's episode. But anyway, they, they did address that with the, the, the yeah. rethink. Um, anyway, um, so Pandemic the Cure is obviously um, a variant of Pandemic. What I like about the game is that it's a dice game. So you still have the same basic goal. You, you can't eradicate viruses, but your goal is to cure hmm. the four-coloured viruses... And it's all about rolling dice. Yep. You roll dice to determine... So there are six countries, uh, continents in the world in Pandemic the Cure. Um, And each one (laughs) is numbered one through six. You roll a yellow D6. If it comes up five, that goes on to the continent number five. Then on your turn, each player has between five and seven dice... Some have special symbols depending on the class, etc., etc. And you roll them, resolve dice, re-roll, etc., etc. The rule being that you either re-roll all the dice you haven't spent or locked, whatever you want to call it, yep. or or um, or you use them, or you just don't continue. But the thing has that for an all over the shop. Yeah, everywhere. Vague, <laughs> vague. But anyway, it's it's essentially pandemic with dice. 
But what I like about it is I feel like I'm much more in control of how things are happening in Pandemic The Cure. I feel that the dice rolls... I know dice rolls are random, all right, first of all. <laughs> they're, no, they're no less random than drawing cards from a fucking deck. In fact, they're probably more random than drawing cards from a deck because yeah. you've got a one in six chance every single time, whereas in a deck of cards... The chances change. Yeah, the yeah. chances change. Um, but anyway, um, I just feel that it, it's, it's built to give players more of a chance. And I know that yeah. Pandemic is meant to be a hard game, um, and maybe that's why I don't like it, but I'm not a huge fan of Pandemic because it's just so fucking hard to win sometimes. Look, I played The Cure with, with Tato, yeah. yeah. Um, again, some games days ago, it was a few months ago, um, and thoroughly enjoyed it. We, we, we did win the game, we did mm. beat it, um, but it took some effort, it took a bit of thinking, a bit of planning, mm. strategising. And teamwork that. as well. And teamwork, which with Pato Sorry, never yeah, comes easily. it's a cooperative. Easily. It's a cooperative. Yeah, it is cooperative, yeah. yeah. Um, with Pato, teamwork never comes Pato easily. Pato loves teamwork games, he just doesn't like playing teamwork games with you or I. Well, I think <laughs> he likes teamwork games, but only where he gets to troll other people. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just goes against the grain for him to, com- to cooperate. But look, um, no, it is, it is good. And, and I haven't actually played the full Pandemic game. I've only seen it played. And I remember being thoroughly fucking overwhelmed by the apparent complexity. It's um, not that complicated. It, it looks it from the outside, though. Yeah. I, will, I will say that. <laughs> but a lot of games are like that. Like, if you look at... Um, what was it? The Witcher Adventure game that we played on that video. Yeah. Like, look at a photo of all the crap that was all over the table and you'd be like, what the hell? But and once then you're someone inside says, the game, yeah, oh, yeah, you only have to look at your particular cards. Once you're inside the game, it makes more sense. Yeah, yeah it, I agree. It's all, but, Pandemic um, isn't even yeah. that complicated. It's, right. it's a very straightforward game. Look, yeah, um, and to be honest, that was probably one of the first few game days I came to, and, mm. and I saw you guys playing that. And I thought it was complex, and then we played XCOM a few game days later <laughs> and realised just how, how complex a game could get. <laughs> so well, No, XCOM isn't even that complex. Oh, it's complex enough. <laughs> Wait until you play the ones that have massive rule books, and you're having to quick, constantly cross-reference and check and... Um, in fact, there was one Nell and Rands were talking about just recently. I can't remember what it was called. Tales of Arabia, I think. Those, anyway. But Nell and Rands specialised in some really interesting games. Yeah, I'm but saying I, interesting. I actually... No, but see... All right, I know we're going off topic here, but I actually like those games where at the end you spend half an hour adding up all the tokens, cross-referencing, getting the points. That's why I love Seven Wonders yeah. so much, right? And Five Tribes. Five Tribes, yep. another great example. I actually really enjoy those yeah. heavily the statistical games. Yeah, the wrap-up. Yeah, yeah. but even playing them, like as you're planning, if there's there's a statistical thing that you can work towards, I, I quite enjoy that, you know. Yeah. I'm not a fan of random. We've said that before with uh, yeah. Machi Koro. But uh, anyway, with Pandemic The Cure, ironically, it's, it's a, a random game. game yeah. but It does you, appeal, doesn't it? it yeah. I don't know. And I can't put my finger on any one thing, but... I remember thoroughly enjoying it mm. and saying to myself, I really want to play more of this game. So yeah. they've done the something. The only downside right anyway. is the price. So I actually didn't buy that. I had it bought for me yeah. um, at PAX last year. It was $65. Poor. Andy Andy bought it for me because I'd wanted it for quite a while. All that money's because wrapped I like up. Because I like dice games. All that money's wrapped up in dice. There's like yeah, 25 well, or 30 dice in the game, isn't there? Hey, I'm doing uh, Monsters Die. It's a <laughs> dice game, for God's sake. I know how much, yeah, dice are. But yeah, it's. Um, Look, it's a, a really interesting game. I think what appeals to me about it 
is it's got the same simplicity in terms of how you play as Pandemic, the board game. Yeah. But what it has that Pandemic lacks is... So you remember if you get more than three of a particular color on a number, it makes an outbreak. Yep. Which means it goes to the next highest number and you move an outbreak marker. If it reaches the skull and crossbones, obviously you yep. failed. Same mechanic in Pandemic, the board game. But problem is, if over the other side of the world, you get three cubes beside three cubes, there's a very real possibility that it's going to take you one, two, three turns to even get over there to be able to start negating the effect. Yeah. And then you draw a random card and you know what I mean? In Pandemic the Cure, because you're rolling the dice, there's always that pushy luck thing of, well, I want to go get over there and stop. So one side of every dice, dear listener, is a um, <laughs> infection rate increase token, which is a mandatory thing. And once you get X amount, you... Um, Initiate an epidemic, etc., yep. etc. Same, same as the, the the card game, but you've got that thing of, oh, do I roll again and try and get a plane so I can fly over there and cure and da 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 da. You've you've always got an option to push your luck and maybe get it. There are times in pandemic where you lose the game and you go, well, we couldn't have done anything different, really. I don't see how we could have won that game. You know, yeah. like a game of solitaire, right? Yeah. You get to the end and go, well. I suppose I could have done I, stuff did differently, all but moves. I don't know what I... Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So, you know, and we've spoken about uh, uh, other games like Greed where they're dice games with a uh, push-your-luck element mm. and they seem to work really well. But we've played other games, uh, and I can't remember the name of it, but the steampunk game that Amelia brought. Steampunk Rally. Steampunk Rally. Yeah. There you go. I nearly remember. I remembered half the name. Um, the theme was but there was, like there the, was name. the die rolling there, but there was no push-your-luck element in that die rolling. Yeah, well, that was a one-roll result. Well, it was yeah. just about rolling for resources and away you go and became yeah. a resource management and then became a race and everything else. So isn't that interesting that, you know, there's a couple of games there that have been solely about die rolling mm. and the randomness of that and a push-your-luck element thrown into the mechanic. Well, I think um, push-your-luck works very well in that's dice. That's the appeal. Well... Yahtzee, right? Uh, How long has yeah. Yahtzee been it's a the, It feels game? like the original push you like die roll, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. You're um, absolutely right. But then either, I don't, I don't like get zombie go, dice. Holy right, shit, so. I've already done a small straight. I need a large straight. Fuck it, I just need a six. Ah, fuck. Yeah. No, no, cross <laughs> yeah. off chance. Damn it. Well, you wouldn't cross use, off chance, but yeah, anyway. You used your chance, I mean. yeah. yeah. Um, but see, I don't like um, zombie dice. So Yeah, true. That's another push you like. Yeah. Correct. I do like it, but it's... I'll play it here and there as a time filler game with one of the young kids. It doesn't have what yeah, greed. You're a Yahtzee. little bit pissed off at Steve Jackson every time, though. <laughs> no, well, you are a little bit pissed off at Steve Jackson right, every I bought time. Greed today, right? Greed <laughs> comes with a goddamn score pad. Oh my god, Steve Jackson! If you ever listen to our podcast, throw a fucking score pad in. Just shut him up about it. You know what? I don't mind the score pad. It's the board that is the munchkin. <laughs> Fuck you, Steve. <laughs> oh, shit. And it's like 10, 15 bucks more for the deluxe version. Oh, I'm sorry. What does a deluxe version come with? A notepad. Oh, I'm sorry, fuck. listeners. I started him up again. I'm sorry. You did. Uh, mm. <laughs> Quick, it's, let's move on to the next game. It's not even that bad, but yeah. Um, look, Pandemic the Cure. It's it's Yeah. So I like Pandemic the Cure, Catan Dice. 
Um, oh, Catan Greed. Dice was good, yeah. Yeah, well, Catan Dice is essentially Yahtzee with a... Yeah, you, you've with got a, a pump. With a score pad thrown in, Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my deluxe version does. My deluxe oh, version that's the deluxe, is it? Oh, shit. Yeah, because it came with that leather thing and yeah. the double-sided colour. Right. I think you did. I think you had a score pad, but you only get one of the games. You know. Anyway, we're not talking about that. Shut no. What was our last game? Steam Park. Steam Park. Not cool. Steampunk Rally, Steam Park. Steam Park. Yeah. So Steam Park, whew, where do you begin with Steam Park? It is a... So you start out and you're rolling dice and you're racing to be the first one to select the dice that you want to keep. And then you're using that to build a theme park. Mm. And the whole point of the game is to get money from the number of robots that are in your theme park whilst managing their waste. So the more robots you've got in there, the more robot poop they're <laughs> spreading around your park or throwing up nuts and bolts. I don't know, whatever they're... You know what I mean? You, you, Dripping you're, oil everywhere. You're getting more robots into your park. You're trying to build your park at the same time whilst managing waste. Mm. And you get to the end of the game and whoever has the most money after paying to clean up all the waste that's left in your park is the winner. But it's there are so many elements to this game. There's dice rolling, yeah. racing... That's the first element. Then there's strategy of building and expanding your park. And then there's a whole bunch of other strategy around... Well, the waste cleanup, that's almost like a, a reverse version of resource management. Um, the, yeah, there's a, a ton of different mechanics thrown in. Yeah. I remember being thoroughly confused when we first started. <laughs> we were setting it up oh, and you went, how many pieces does this game have? What the fuck is this? Oh, Jesus, there was just pieces everywhere. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I remember being thoroughly confused from the very beginning, but by the end, it really did click. Yeah, it's, but it's it, a I mean, very... for, for that game, it was a little too late and you kicked my ass, but... Ah, um, oh, we're going to blame that, are we? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Oh. Well, it was my first game, my first and only game. Okay, I, well, well when you lose your second and third game, we'll, we'll just... I've recorded this. <laughs> Assuming we're playing on the game. <laughs> it um, does get a bit... Yeah. That's the hard part with games. I've got so many games yeah. that I think at last count I've got about 170 games, right? Give or take, including card games and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not counting each deck of poker cards as individual, by no, the way. No, yeah, no. oh, I've got that. That does blackjack and that does yeah, poker right. and that does snap and that does patience. And go um, fish. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Steam Park is one I will regularly get out. Yeah. Because despite having many components, many mechanics, it is very easy to explain to people. Oh, it is, yeah. And it's it's really enjoyable to play. There's enough depth in the strategy that I feel like I have a level of control over what I'm doing. But the dice rolling racing at the start gives it that, that action mm. edge of, ooh, you know, and that, ironically... That's one of the things I was trying to capture when I came up with Monsters Die. Because right. I wanted that racing yeah. and race, uh, rolling and racing the other players. Yeah, create that pressure up front. Yeah. You know, it, it, gives, it gives a strategy game an, uh, an action element that isn't yeah. a gimmicky bullshit action element. It's, it's, essentially, it's a, a true sense of urgency. Yeah. Yeah. And, yep. and you know that... Yeah, well, I guess it is an almost push your luck thing as well. Because you when you roll your dice... So when you roll your dice, it'll come up with one of... Six results. Yep. Why did I pause? Of course, it's six results, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them's blank, so I guess five results. It's technically a result. Anyway, um, <laughs> and what you do is, so you roll your dice, and then you decide which ones you want to keep, and you put them on this little pig notepad. 
So each time you roll a dice, you know that your opponents are rolling their dice. And you're like, well, can I work with that? So you start out with a plan. You go, right, I want to get seven new visitors. I want to get this much to build rides. I want to get some shovels to clean up poop. And, you know, you, you figure out what you want. But then there's that whole... When you roll a dice, oh, do I take that? Is that good enough? Do I go now? Because whoever finishes rolling first gets a little token which gives perks, um, like extra free waste cleanup or credits or... Actually, none of them have credits. doesn't matter. Forget I said credits. Um, extra waste cleanup, etc., etc. Yeah. It also determines turn order. So if you're wanting to... Um, much like in Five Tribes, if there's a particular ride or move you want to make before one of the other players blocks it, you want to get in first and have yeah. the first opportunity to do it. So if I'm playing against Dan and Tim and Kirsty, if there's a ride I absolutely want to buy, but I think that they're going to buy it as well. Because there are specific ride placement rules in the game, so there, there are certain things you want to get. Yeah, I, I can... I might take a crappy roll of dice and just go, yeah, I'm going to take most of them because I want to get in first. Yeah. Because I want first dibs on that that move, yeah? Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, oh, look, I, I've only played it the once and um, to be honest, when I when I did play it, like I said, I remember being thoroughly sort of confused and, and even a little bit daunted up front <laughs> as you're laying it all out. But by the end, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and uh, I think it's it's got the right balance of... The randomness with the die rolls, but the, you know, again, that randomness of die rolls, but strategic placement of the pieces you can play. Um, to well, there's also no negative. Yeah. The, uh, the worst negative you can get is a blank die roll. One side yeah, is true, blank and true. it gets you nothing. There's no real downside. Yeah, exactly. The downside is neutral. We talked about that with the game recently. What was it? Where there was no negative. You could have we- less positive. There was some game we were playing and... You could have something that maybe wasn't as positive as the rest, but there was no... Oh, it's Takedo. No matter oh, what yeah. move you yeah, made, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it always had some form of benefit. Yeah. So even when you were losing, you were getting something that would help you towards yeah, your goal. True. So um, sort of reminded me of that. Um, we've got a little bit of time. Well, another, another five minutes. Did you want to talk about... I know we didn't say it in the intro. Oh, Sorry, professionalism. Uh, Talisman? You've been Talisman, playing that sure. on the phone, Yeah, right? absolutely. Well, on tablet. Um, doesn't translate to phone quite well. Um, obviously, the bigger the screen, the better. So uh, oh, I think I, I think I'm phone. probably might have might have mixed myself up a few weeks ago when we were talking about Talisman, the board game. Um, so I grew up playing second edition. Yeah. No, that's what since you said. Then third and fourth. I think I said third. Um, since then, no, third you said and you fourth have come sure, out. So, so yeah. um, and it looks like third edition. Um, that was the one that. Not many people liked in fourth edition. They That's a nice to... way of saying it. Oh, I think diplomatic. pile of shit was was quite <laughs> often mentioned on the board game geek forums. <laughs> uh, fourth edition, they seem to wind it back into to what what the original was, and that's um, what the app is based on. It's well, that's when Fantasy edition. Flight took over, right? Yeah. So yeah. they took it and went back to what it was and, and paid Look, for it. Yeah. So for, for someone who grew up playing second edition of the board game. Um, picking up fourth edition uh, on on tablet as an app, uh, fantastic! They've they've, they've yeah. really done the original a lot of justice. Um, it's it's the core game. Um, so anyone who's played Talisman will know what I'm talking about when I say that you know the outer region, the middle region, and the inner region they're all the same. The Crown of Command it's all the same. Uh, drawing adventure cards in all the spaces, nothing is different. Um, it is all perfectly. Um, 
perfectly faithful to the board game uh, itself. Um, and uh, the AI, well, eh, that's probably where it lets itself down. Just oh, really? a touch. Just a touch. Um, the AI... Look, the, the thing that I've always enjoyed about Talisman is the, the incredible variation that comes through in the game. Um, and, you know, you can't... Until they develop true AI, true artificial yeah. intelligence... AI in a game will never I've be seen a human. Yeah, dancing <laughs> in the bedroom, you know. But you'll never be as random and <laughs> as as um, strategic as a human being. Hmm. That's, I mean, that's my opinion, I guess. Um, so it always felt the AI was just a touch too easy to predict. I'm not saying it was totally easy to predict, but just a touch too easy. Hmm. Um, and um, I've beaten it a few times now. Um, but uh, okay. look, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sort of overlaying this with teenage memories of playing the board games. See, so, I think that's very yeah. important because for me, I've never played Talisman. Right. And I was utterly, utterly confused <laughs> because it started, it was the same yeah. with Catan. Yeah. I grabbed a free version on a humble bundle of Catan. Yeah. I'm like, great. I'll use this to teach me how to play a game that I should bloody well know how to play yeah. anyway. This is a couple of years ago. Yeah. And it assumed way too much pre-existing knowledge. Talisman did the same thing yeah, for me. Yeah, there was, there was fuck all tutorials. And I was yeah. like, You're right. on, you go here and you get it. What? Why am I getting yeah. cards? Yeah. What? You're making me make a decision, but you're not telling me what the impact of this... I don't There's understand. a lot of assumed knowledge in the, in the game. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's probably why it appealed to me straight away, because I was able to dive oh, in yeah, and play it, it. Like, yeah. like, you know, I was just set up the board game. Um, I seem to remember the same thing with Hero Quest. The, yeah. the the board game the video game off the board game what's the best thing about Hero Quest Dave? <laughs> the best thing about Hero Quest is <laughs> it's the doorways uh, oh shit it's a Mormon I'll, I'll put a link in the, the thing there's this guy what was the guy's name? I can't remember shit. but it is one He's of the funniest videos, videos I've seen <laughs> and he does this this video about the best thing about Hero Quest and my god it is hilarious <laughs> every single bit of the video the way he he looks like, and talks acts and, yeah. the way he presents the content. <laughs> oh my lord! Anyway, but look, um, um, getting yeah. back to Talisman. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There was there was fuck all tutorial available. Well, sorry, I won't say that because I think there is there an option tutorial. to go in and do. I a did full, the tutorial. Yeah, yeah. What are you saying? That I mean, I skipped it, right? So of course I know how to play yeah. the game. So was it not enough? It it didn't tell you why you were doing stuff. It told right. you what you could do, but it didn't explain yeah. why you would do it. It wasn't okay. to me. It didn't. It was over too fast, and then I was thrown into the game, and, yeah. and I was like, "Well, shit! I don't know what I'm walking around. I can only walk around the edge of the board. Why is that person now over this river? How do I yeah. get over the river? Oh, I failed a dice roll. What? So now I just got to go around the border until I get right. a card. Okay, yeah. I and mean, I just yeah. I was just left going. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm sort of, yeah, I'm I'm dumbing my way through it, but yeah, that and that sucks. wasn't enjoyable. That sucks because you know. Of course, I'm a bit stupid, so maybe <laughs> I just didn't. <laughs> Look, the original board game. It was Games Workshop. I mean, you can't go yeah. wrong. Those guys were just the kings. Hang on, what year a Games Workshop can't you go wrong on? Because now they're like, oh, here's a model made up of ten thousand yeah, pieces well, that you've got to glue you know, together. I'm, I'm talking eighties into mm. early nineties. Those guys, they were the kings. They were the kings, right? They they just, you know, um, they just got it right every single time. 
So it's, yeah, I, I, I guess I'm a little bit disappointed to hear that from a, a newcomer's experience, that's what you saw because it yeah. doesn't feel like it's done it justice then because as someone who's an experienced player of Talisman, perfect. Well, perfect homage. Right. But, Warhammer games, yeah. nail it. Ticket to Ride, nails it. Small World, nails it. Uh, Splendor, nails yeah. it. Exploding Kittens, nails it. Yahtzee, nails it. There are so many board games. Yeah. Even the pandemic, as, as much as I don't like Pandemic, the, the board game, yeah. the, the video game perfectly teaches you how to play and encapsulates it. Mm. You could download and run the video game tutorial and learn that and then go away and play the, the, the tabletop game. Um, yeah. And to me, for a tabletop game, it needs to do one of two things. Either A, it needs to be that sort of replication, which those are. Uh, Witcher Adventure Game. That's yep. another one where they... Well, actually, I think the, the um, app version is actually better. But anyway... Um, it's on my wish list. I haven't bought it yet. <laughs> yeah, well, it's only for um, tablet. Yeah. And I don't have a tablet, so... I've got a um, Surface Pro. Well, that's the problem. I'm always checking my wish list on my yeah. phone and it goes, well, you can't do that when I'm like, well, yeah. okay, fuck it. I guess <laughs> probably for the better. Like you said with Talisman, I've, another thing to point out, I was playing Talisman on phone. Oh, You're yeah, playing no, on no. tablet, which... You need the biggest screen yeah. for sure. Yeah. I found that with Small World 2, actually. Yeah. Which Small, is actually called Small well, I actually World found, 2. <laughs> I found some bugs on Small World for phone. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, certain screen geometries just didn't work well. Mm. Um, and, and some I of the instructions were tiles. sort of half off screen or place. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't yeah, had it was, any of It was that. completely fucked up, whereas on tablet it was perfect. So, oh. yeah. No, on my S7 it runs perfectly. The only problem I have is when I go to drag tiles over a location, yep. um, it shows a small number showing you how many you're using. That's underneath my finger. Right, too hard to I, see, yeah. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't do it. I think we can both agree but... Splendor on any format just fucking works oh. like because Splendor on phone or tablet or board. They did such a good job. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so coming from that, yeah. that's what I was... Well, I wasn't necessarily expecting it. You told me about a sale and I only paid a buck or two for it yeah. or something. Um, so I didn't really mind, but I expected to be taught better how to play the game. It really yeah. felt like they assumed that I knew already how to play the game, same as Catan did. One of the other things that was missing for me, and I know we're, we're running low on time, but very quickly, but... When I was playing the original, or well, not the original, but second edition board game, all of the expansions were coming out not long after. So mm. the, the game was on its way to growing, which was fantastic. But along the way, the rules were evolving. Mm. So I remember actually, you know, the set that I used to play with, with uh, I had a couple of uncles and, and my brother and I used to play it all, uh, play it all together. Um, we had a couple of double-sided A4 sheets where we had written... Hmm. interpretations of the rules and that was based on experiences at, at games days yeah. um, you know dungeon master days bbs's you know all of those sorts of inputs where we'd figured out that the rules were a little too ambiguous or needed some clarification and more importantly character selection at the top of the game we decided it was too easy if mm. um to to pick a character that was a winning character um, and what stands out in my memory, and any experienced talisman player will be nodding their heads right now, if you manage to roll up the sprite who always had two spells, you pretty much won the fucking game. Um, <laughs> the if best you... thing about talisman <laughs> is the sprite. <laughs> That's right. exactly now right. the rookies have gone. So the best we, thing about talisman. So what we did is we combined a d20 and a d6, and we typed up a list which helped you roll up your character at random. Yeah. Right. This so, is this is where game design starts. You well, realize this, that, right? But yeah, maybe. <laughs> this was way back. Because I tell you what, I I was actually um, 
I know this is a tangent, but I um I, I chaired a panel last year at PAX. Yep. And it was a, a about tabletop gaming, blah blah blah. Anyway, on the on the pitches running in the background while all the people who are actually experienced talked, um, <laughs> there were a few shots of maps yeah. drawn on grid paper and sheets where I'd written alternate rules for games yep. and exactly what you're talking about. But that's about. what it's all about. It's about... But that's it. It's... it's You know, yeah. you need to start with what your core set of rules or, or mechanics or whatever are. Play and play and play and play and play and tweak and tweak and, and tweak refine. and tweak along yeah. the way. Yeah, it's refined. Refactor and refine. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of that that was missing from obviously playing the tablet version mm. because the version I ended up playing a lot of was well, a version, version that we of the had reinterpreted, not reinterpreted, but interpreted more accurately mm. with a lot more granularity in the rules. Yeah. So th- it got to the point where there's a character available in the city expansion called the High Mage, which we instantly, at one point of, of, of expertise, we all unanimously agreed that character is just not fucking available because the second someone gets that, that character, the game is over. Oh, okay. Even though it's not really, but... You know it's what? such you a powerful what? character that this an experienced is, yeah. player knows how to just win every time with that player in their hand. See, this is interesting. This is one of the things that we brought up in that panel. Yeah. Um, just go way off topic. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> um, and one of the things I brought up was that the pros and cons of video game versions of board games. Yep. The pro is that you can enforce the rules. And by enforcing the rules, you can teach people how they're meant to be playing a game. Yep. So there's none of this... Like, we've done it a number of times where someone's come along and said, no, 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 the rules are meant to be blah, 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 blah. And we're like, oh, shit, we've been playing this wrong yeah. all along, right? Yeah. You don't... But sometimes we've gone, oh, shit, but we enjoy it the way we've interpreted well, it. Well, that's it. Yeah. You, with, a, with a physical tabletop game, yeah. you can make rule changes and you can improve the experience or tailor it to your particular yep. group. With a video game version, you can't, but a video game version at the same time can teach you the proper rules so that you're starting in the right place yep. in a way that a, a, a physical version and a book of instructions are 100% open to instruction uh, interpretation. interpretation. And it's um, a lot easier for a video game to update itself if the yeah. developers decide, oh, we need to tweak that language or whatever... They can they can push an update, but they and, can also yeah. do instruction that's contextual to your actions. Yeah. You can't do that with instruction on games day. There were a couple of things. Small World. There was another game you were playing, and and you're just looking at the instructions, going, "I don't what understand." The fuck do we do next? Yeah, and that yeah, was right. my to bring it full circle. That was my problem with Talisman. They didn't embrace that yeah. video game thing well enough for me. There was a ton of assumed knowledge with the Talisman game. So yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. Anyway. Seamless segue. But before we go, let's rate this Kieran beer. Absolutely. Did, do you see how seamless that was? Very professional. No one would know it's two days later and we're recording it in your garage. Totally not. Surrounded by the <laughs> dead bodies of a thousand flies from your your ceiling. Midges or whatever. Yeah, horrible little mm. bastards. Anyway, Kieran, what did you think? Well, I'm on record as saying I'm an absolute sucker when it comes to lagers. Literally. And, and, <laughs> and this is no different. Um, I've always loved Japanese beers. I think it's just that that crispness, that coolness that they have, and the fact that um, this one especially is the Kirin First Press, so they only extract from the the, um, the pressing of the, the hops or the barley once. Um, I'm going to give it a four out of five. It's not quite, wow. it's not quite a four and a half, mm. um, but I really love the flavour. It's just... 
typically Japanese. Yeah. Nice. It's got a little bit of sharpness to it, and yeah, quenches so the thirst. I reckon that's nice. a. Uh, I reckon that's a three, three and a half, three and a half for me because it's nice, but I don't Asahi. I have that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I finish it and I've got to have another. This goes down easy, but I'm not left thinking it's anything special. Hmm. Having said that, after last week, I've got to say that that uh, Hugarten. Who Garden, or whatever it was. Ho Garden. Ho Garden. Ho Garden, mate. Ho Garden with Blanche. <laughs> I have been drinking that all week, so I've I've got a sneaking suspicion maybe I uh, underrated that, but I'm leaving it at four. But um, it's interesting to note, yeah. In the week since, I think that's going to become a regular. So. Interesting. All right. Anyway, Very good. Seamless segue. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. As per usual, you can get to us at podcast at anotherdungeon.com. Uh, I am at another... Well, actually, we are at Another Dungeon uh, on Twitter. I am at chicken117 on Twitter. And Dan is at underscore Corvin underscore Indeed. on Twitter. So if you want to hit us up, give us any feedback. Tell us what beer we should bring. Um, drink even. Tell... Brink. It's a new word. Fuck off. <laughs> bring and Coin, drink. Coin, trademark. <laughs> oh, bring and drink. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, everyone. We will speak to you again next week. Good night. Cheers. Quest is the best game ever made, and anyone who says otherwise is wrong. The best thing about Hero Quest is the miniatures, made in the glory days before Games Workshop had been destroyed from within. There is not an inch of pretentious overcomplexity about them. Any man can tell what they are from 500 yards away, and I know this because I've tested it with a team of Russian ex-Soviet scientists. Because they weren't destroyed by idiotic oversculpting, many a young lad got their start in miniature painting, making their first delicate steps with these fine figures. Ah, oh, uh, never mind that one. I ruined that one. Never mind any of that. The best thing about Hero Quest is the gargoyle. It is the finest miniature in the land. Compared to this, this is rubbish. This is brilliant. This is an abomination. This is a gargoyle. When a young lad saw this miniature, do you know what he said? He said, ooh, I've got to get in on that Hero Quest action. And he was right. The best thing about Hero Quest is this tiny furniture. It is unequaled in all the realms. Anyone who owns this furniture but doesn't use it every chance they get, even in unrelated games, is a fool. I myself have begun replacing all of my furniture with Hero Quest furniture. Even the doors. Oh no, Mormons! The best thing about Hero Quest is the cards. What you see before you is the exact optimum number of cards required to play a heroic adventure game. No more, no less. Why, just the other month I was playing in the local international poker tournament, and when it came time to reveal my hand, bam, heroic brew, and I took home all the winnings, because after all, who's going to argue? The best thing about Hero Quest is the board. Look at its beautiful, vibrant colours and its perfect square-ish shape. Oh yes, there was never any doubt as to how much space a game of Hero Quest was going to take up, was there? No, sir. But what do modern games give us? Oh, they're obsessed with modular dungeon tiles, and that's terrible.
Half the time it's a complete disaster as the dungeon immediately veers off the nearest table edge. The other half the time it expands into a colossal labyrinth far larger than any reasonable table owned by mortal men. Play it on the floor, you might say. Well, what about people with back, neck and face problems? Ah, you didn't think of that, did you? The best thing about Hero Quest is the quest book, jam-packed with cracking sword and sorcery scenarios, each more different than the last, and none more different than the dreaded blank map, which is used to make your own deadly scenarios. Of course, the only natural response to this is to put a monster in every square, as is the right and privilege of every Hero Quest owner. The best thing about Hero Quest is the box art. Oh, look at it, magnificent, painted by the great fantasy illustrator Les Edwards. And it features grand prominence in this particular art book of the man. And well, it should, for it is without doubt the best piece of art he ever produced. Now, in the 90s, he did argue against that point, but it was quickly shouted down by key luminaries of the era, such as Prince, Bob Hawke, and Reggie Bennett. So it turns out that this was a cracking reboxing all along. But is a single reboxing enough to cover the grand majesty of Hero Quest? No, sir. No, it is not. And that means it's time for another cracking unboxing of Hero Quest. Let's get started. <laughs> well, the best thing about Hero Quest is the inside of the box. Look at these cracking instructions for heroic miniature assembly. What with the clear pictures and, and words by God. When I was a lad assembling these miniatures, I would have terrible nightmares about an apocalyptic time when highly convoluted miniatures, much more so than this, would come with instructions without words at all and terrible, grainy little pictures and only the loosest interpretation of the word instructions. Oh, it's a good thing that never came to pass. <laughs> thing about Hero Quest is this cracking screen. Not only is it covered with blistering artwork, it is also the finest perch in all the land from which to drop falling rocks on unsuspecting fools in unrelated games. It also prominently features the gargoyle. You can't even tell what this is. This is a gargoyle. The best thing about Hero Quest is the broadsword. 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 Fire of wrath. The best thing about Hero Quest is rolling to move, and you might roll your eyes at this, but it really adds to the drama. Will I trip on a flagstone or leap heroically into battle? Let's find out. Well, the best thing about Hero Quest is ignoring the roll to move rule. It was clearly only included for the junior set, more used to playing snakes and ladders, and not really intended for true masters of the game. The best thing about Hero Quest is the combat dice. No finer set of dice have ever been made in any kingdom. These dice also represent the essential binary which encapsulates all evil beasts in this game. The monsters are either dead or alive. And the symbol of evil looks like a bunny rabbit if you turn it upside down. And that's why you'll hear veterans call them the bunny rabbit dice. Adorable bunny, symbol of immortal evil. The best thing about Hero Quest is the barbarian. Look at the muscularity. You are the barbarian, the greatest warrior of all. And they're not kidding, he throws three combat dice on attack by default. Not even the gargoyle can stand up to that. And that's without needing to get the broadsword. Broadsword. A barbarian, best character in the game by a long shot. And you should all go play as him immediately. Right, now that the peasantry have gone, the best thing about Hero Quest is the dwarf. Ah, yes, the barbarian, strictly for beginners. He is, in fact, easy mode. True aficionados of Hero Quest and masters of the game, choose the dwarf.
The best thing about HeroQuest is the expansions, which you should immediately discard, because the only true way to expand HeroQuest is with more HeroQuest. It's the only way you can experience such cracking custom scenarios as the dreaded Fortress O'Peril and Gravity Land. And that's why HeroQuest is so great.